Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Good morning, church family. Thanks for joining us today. It is great to have you as well with us online as we begin what we like to call our week of prayer series. Those are the, this is the sermon series leading up to the week where we spend in prayer uh, for specific aspects of our church's ministry. As we move forward with vision and different aspects of that, we, we like to bathe it in prayer and begin the year with Prayer. We only do it for one week. We pray only one week at this church. No, that is not true. But that is a preeminence in what we like to place into our calendar. And so this is the sermon series leading up to it. And it works a lot like a spiritual emphasis, if you will. And um, as we move through these leaks leading up to it, we're trying to prep your heart for this. And more specifically, your soul. We talked about last week, a pastor sharing with his child. He goes, okay, you have a soul. It lives inside you. You cannot see it but it lives forever. Well, if it lives forever, it's pretty important that I understand having this soul, what it needs, what what it needs to thrive and what it needs to move forward. It was given to us by God. And how can it be close to God? For it seems the soul has two destinations. It's either heaven or it's hell in scripture. And therefore, I want my soul to not only live in heaven, I want my soul to thrive while it's here in this body, in this earthly tent on earth. So let me ask you a question. Can you remember a time in your spiritual life, child of God, when you were close to God? You can go back to it. You can remember it. Oh, you'd long to have it again, but you can remember a time. Maybe it was right when you first came to know Christ as your Savior. You were telling everybody. You were reading Scripture like crazy. You were praying. Maybe you were on a spiritual retreat. Maybe you went away with a group of guys, or maybe you went on a youth retreat, or maybe you and your bride went somewhere. Maybe you just got away with a group of ladies and spent the time in your your devotions. You remember a time when you were close to God. Now, can you remember a time when you felt very far from God? Can you remember a time in your life where you felt that God wasn't listening, didn't care, ignored you? Can you remember some of those seasons of life? Maybe you're in one right now. Maybe that's why God sovereignly has you here today or listening in. So we're going to talk about the soul. Now, this isn't going to be some in-depth walk through dichotomy versus trichotomy or something like that. We're talking about the inner person. The Psalms often talk about the soul. In fact, it's what's inspired the song, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. In order for the soul to thrive... We can see even from back in the Garden of Eden that God created Adam, created a body, but he breathed life into it, or nefesh, the soul or the breath. And the soul was given things to thrive in that perfect environment, surrounded by trees and beauty. It was given rest. The soul was given responsibility to work, to be responsible. The soul was given relationships for it wasn't good for him to be alone. And so our question is gonna be throughout this series a little bit is, how is your soul? 
And therefore, we've titled this series, Oh My Soul. And we're going to be reflecting on times when people had the guts, the courage, the gall to ask God questions about things they were frustrated with, to come clean with God that they're not too happy about certain things, maybe in the form of lament or in the form of even anger. We're going to look at some of these prayers. We're going to call them honest prayers because I think a lot of us will be able to associate with some of the feelings that are expressed in the sacred text. And so in this series, we're going to be talking about those times where we feel maybe lost. And we're going to learn maybe being lost isn't so bad if we find ourselves lost in the one who is the lover of our soul. I pray you enjoy this series. I pray this kicks off a spiritual emphasis in your own life as we begin this year, 2023. And um, I pray this series, Oh My Soul, will walk you up to a week of prayer in a way that will just reinvigorate your prayer life, your devotional life, your spiritual life, and your soul. You know, you sometimes run into people and you'll say, how are you doing? In fact, uh, maybe, maybe you have a, teenager in your life, parent, and they come home from school and you say, how are you doing? And they go, fine. How's school going? Fine. No, really, how's it going? Fine. Clearly, it's fine. <laughs> Maybe you know somebody in your life, like, hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. Nah, seriously, how are you doing? I'm good, all right? Okay, okay. Clearly, you're not good. You see, sometimes we answer that question with kind of a I'm fine, just, but you know you're not fine. That can get exposed when somebody pulls in front of you. That can get exposed when your child isn't picked first. That can get exposed when you're left out in the workplace. That can get exposed when you feel alone. That can get exposed when you're sitting in front of a movie and you're bawling your eyes out and your kids are like, are you gotta, is it okay? Look, we used to have a puppy that looked like that one. I mean, you're a mess. Because what's on the outside isn't always a reflection on the inside, but a lot of times our body tells on us because our inner person can sometimes be really struggling even under a smile. <laughs> it's George McDonald. He says, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. And with our soul, it's important for us as children of God to be saying, how is it? I mean, how is your soul? I, I, I exhausted, you might say. Um, weary? Angry? Great! It's really great. I'm in on top of the world. But it's a deeper question than how are you doing? And thank the Lord in his sovereignty, he allowed these human songwriters in the book of Psalms, predominantly David, but we also hear from what's called a group called the Sons of Korah, which is um, sons of a Levite, 
who often would travel with David as well as would write some. You hear from Asaph in the songs. You hear even from Solomon in the Psalms. And, and these songwriters sometimes literally just pen their heart and it's raw and it's uncut and it's, here you go, God. And that is at the heart of Psalm 42. It's where we wanna spend our time today. Because Psalm 42 is a prayer and make no mistake, it is a song. And you'll hear like a chorus, if you will, for it be repeated, but it's a, it's a song and it's honest. And it's raw and it deals with some questions that the songwriter is having. And he's working through some things and he wants God to understand how he feels. And within this song, I see five kind of reasons or causes of spiritual depression, spiritual discouragement, spiritual despair that many of us might even associate with. And so in hearing these feelings, I want you to see not only how he pours them out, but how he addresses them. Because I think we could learn a lot from the way he addresses his feelings. I think you'll recognize the opening stanza. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Now, if you're a child of the 80s, you already have a song in your head. You're singing something in your head like, as the deer panteth for, right? You're singing that song because Maranatha brought it your way in like 1984. And you started singing it and you love it and you can hear it. And isn't it so sweet? As the deer panteth for, and, and people sing it out loud. But, but I want you to understand something. Um, and, and, and maybe uh, some of our hunters or hikers or outdoors people understand this. Um, when a deer is panting, it's not a very romantic thing. There's wheezing involved. There's huffing. In fact, some deers are even known to like bark the sound, okay? Can wake you up in the middle of the woods. So, so when the psalmist says, as the deer, <laughs> it, it changes the song a little bit, doesn't it? Like, I don't know if I want to sing that. Oh, it could be popular. Just put a good beat to it, right? But as the deer pants, as if it's being even hunted, for we're going to find the songwriter was possibly in a season of being hunted by enemies. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, oh God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. Now this is really getting visual here. I'm eating tears here, God. When am I going to appear before you again? Now for the New Testament believer, they're like, is he questioning the omnipresence of God? No, not at all. He longed to be at the tabernacle. The place of God's presence was in that tabernacle in the times of the Old Testament before Jesus came in, broke the veil down and changed everything. And now all may enter in. And not only that, my body is a tabernacle that houses the Holy Spirit. But at that time, the songwriter saying, I miss being in the place where God is worshiped. 
I feel far from it. I wrote down in my notes, the first reason for spiritual discouragement, even depression, is from feeling far away from the sanctuary. Have you ever gone through seasons where you haven't had a chance to publicly worship, be around the body of Christ, be together with other people who celebrate the same Jesus as you? There can be an ache in the soul. Oh, you might say you're fine, but there's an ache in the soul. In fact, oftentimes when we're running from God, we don't want to go to the sanctuary and it gets harder and harder to go to the place where God is worshiped. I remember in college, I, I was attending a Bible college. I'm like, I don't need to go to church on Sunday. I'm in chapel like every day. But there was a hardness that was starting to develop. And I even had some really good justifications, theologically speaking. I am the temple. I don't need to go to one. I mean, I was good. I was good. But now when I talk to college students, I go, you're just tired, aren't you? And you don't want to get up. Yeah, at the end of the day. But I've got a lot of great reasons. But it wore on me a little bit. I remember feeling that. I longed to be home, even at my home church. There was something about that. The songwriter feels distant from the place where God is worshiped and it's wearing out his soul. But he adds to it. The song continues. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Whoa, 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 whoa what? My soul longs for you. My soul thirsts for you because I'm around these people who say, where is your God all the time? The songwriter is on an emotional roller coaster. It's like click, 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 click. Yeah, yeah, ah! You ever feel like that's your spiritual life sometimes? Up and down and up and down and up and down. Did I catch it in an up moment this week or down? They're all around me. Asking me, where is your God? See, when I read that, I go, wow, wow. This isn't just like I'm around unbelief. He is around, the songwriter is around people taunting him. Like kind of mocking his faith. Kind of in an environment where people are like, hey, where's God at now? I see what you're going through. Where's your God? I put down a possible spiritual Discouragement can settle in when we are surrounded by harassment. He's being harassed and he's surrounded by it. I got brothers and sisters in Christ that that's the environment that they work in. And it wears on their soul. I don't care how many self-help books you read. I don't care if you set your alarm and go running. The reality is your soul wears out when it's around harassment all the time. And therefore, it needs something. You go, I, I'm feeling it. What is it? Let's keep, let's keep, the song continues. These things, I remember when I pour out my soul. Oh, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with shouts of praise, a multitude of keeping festival. What? Now the songwriter says, I'm a worship leader. I led people in throngs. People would go to the house of God and I'd lead them in procession. You're telling me 
that the songwriter is someone who would lead worship and is feeling this downtrodden? You can come to church and sing and your heart be defeated and broken, full of questions and struggle. A third reason for spiritual discouragement and dismay, even depression can be missing better days. Have you ever gone through that in your life where you're just missing a day when things were better? You say, no, no, hey, all things work together for the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unless you've been next to a parent whose child's taken their life and seen the aftermath of that, be careful not to acknowledge the feelings that go with it. For there are people who have lost loved ones in their life who are in church singing, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, but that soul is aching because they're missing a day that they feel was better than the one they're in. Some are feeling that on a society level. Some are feeling that in a family level. Some are feeling that because they remember a day when they got out of bed and their body didn't hurt this bad. Or the knee didn't swell by three o'clock. Or their neck wasn't grabbing and pinching all the time. They're missing a day that was better. And it can lead these losses, the loss of a dream, the loss of security, the loss of health, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a loved one. It can lead to spiritual discouragement. And the songwriter, he, he's been on this roller coaster. He's writing his feelings. He's pouring out his soul like water before God. And he says, why are you cast down, oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? He starts talking to himself. And God's like, yep, keep that, preserve that. You ever talk to yourself? You ever hope they aren't reading it 2,000 years from now? <laughs> some of you talk to yourself. Some of us hear you talking to yourself. Oh, there they go again. Oh, man, I got it. But, but I mean, you, you drive in the car, you're talking to yourself. You're at work, you're talking to yourself. You talk to yourself so much, you need to give yourself a break. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Look what he says. Hope in God, soul. Come on, soul. Why are you like this? Well, I can tell you why you're far away from home. I know, uh, um, because you're missing former days. I know, I know, because you're this. And, 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 and the enemy likes to even creep into these moments and go, because God's not good, because God's not good, because God's not good. Because God's not good. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Even as I sing the song in church today, I'm feeling what my family's going through. I'm thinking about that, that trial going on. I'm thinking about that debt that hasn't been paid. I'm thinking about that frustration that we've been living with. I'm thinking about all these things. Hope in God, soul, for shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. This is powerful. This is a person of great faith talking. This isn't weak faith. This isn't like, I wonder if God is good prayer. 
I know God is good. Why am I so defeated? You see, sometimes people with a really big God, with a really big faith, get frustrated a little bit more because they know God was capable of not allowing that to happen. Oh, we gonna talk about this in church? They get a little more frustrated because they know God could have stopped it. And so they're like, I believe in you. I have complete faith in you. But my soul is a mess. Hope in God. I love this. It's as if the psalmist is saying, faith, you speak to my soul. We're not going to listen to it. You speak to it. It's beaten up. But don't give in to this soul. Hope in God. He continues, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan, of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. He's reflecting how he's far away. He feels far away. He's got some, not only homesickness from the tabernacle, but he's feeling distance. He's feeling some abandonment, if you will. He continues as deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. The psalmists often were outside while they were writing, and so they probably saw the deer coming up to the water panting and go, yeah, like that. You see that waterfall over there? Yeah, like that. And you might hear waterfall and you go, oh, a pretty waterfall, but that's not how the psalmist is feeling. The psalmist is feeling like God is just sending this on him. It's just pounding on him and pounding on him and pounding on him. Kids, have you ever gone to Great Wolf Lodge? Have you ever stunned under the gigantic bucket that falls on you? One, awesome. Maybe you go into Hershey or don't, I think they have them too. It's awesome and people pile around. Unless you're like three and your dad didn't tell you it was coming. I'm not like that, maybe a little. But when you feel the weight of that water, it's like, well, the psalmist is going, this is how the trials of my life are coming at me. And if you've ever been in the spot where you've spiritually said, God, enough already. Then you understand where the psalmist is at. If you've ever been in the stop where you say, God, I mean, I don't think I can handle another one. If you've ever been in the spot, really? I just got through that again? You understand what the songwriter is talking about. Deep calls to deep out of the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. This songwriter is exhausted from many trials. Exhausted. I'm exhausted. My soul is exhausted. Oh, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Oh, I can't wait to read this. What is the prayer of this incredibly trust, trusting, loving soul of God that is worn out to the max? What will it pray? I say to my God, 
my rock. This is, a, this is someone who trusts deeply in God. Why have you forgotten me? What? That's in scripture? Yeah. Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? What's up with this? I'm reading scripture, church. We're a good family. We're trying to do our best. We we love you, Lord. We're following through. Why on earth is this happening to us? This is that cry of God. I mean, how much more do you think we could? God, are you really just going to let him say that about us? Are you God? You're just going to sit there while they do that? I mean, this is that person going, God, you see them taking little girls out of malls and doing stuff, right? You see this, right? We're going to talk about this in church? You see this, right? That's where this psalmist is at. This is what's called honest pray. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. And then he continues, I say to my God, my rock, I'm not doubting you. I'm not struggling with you. You are my rock, but I got some feelings in me. As with deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries, they're mocking me. They're taunting me. You're going to just sit there. Look what they're saying online. Look what they're doing here. Are you just going to sit there? This is the emotion. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Where is your God? There have been people martyred for Jesus Christ to the taunts of, where's your God now? I had trouble even putting this as a next reason, but I think it's real and it's raw. I think it's this. There's times where our faith is, is spiritually discouraged because there's within us somewhere a disappointment with God's plan. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I had this disease. I'm disappointed that my child walked away from the faith. I'm disappointed that you said you began a good work, you're faithful. I'm disappointed. I haven't seen, I'm struggling with disappointment and you are my rock. I'm not going anywhere. I got no plan B, but I'm struggling with this but I love it. Next verse, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall, did you miss the word the first time? Again, praise him, my salvation and my God. I will again praise him. I will hope in God. Do you like that? Faith will get the last word here. When you look at them all together, you see some reasons that people can get spiritually discouraged, even depressed and full of dismay. They might be far away from the sanctuary, far away from being around the place where God is worshiped. They might be surrounded by harassment and it's really just wearing them out. They might be missing better days. I remember a grandma who would say, my misser hurts. 
to her grandchildren when they wouldn't be around. You gotta come to my house, my misser hurts. Well, grandma's misser hurts, let's go. Exhausted. You might just be exhausted by trials. Or maybe you're in a spot where you're even disappointed that this is God's plan and he's allowed this. Songs come from spots like this. It was early 2000s, I think, that uh, the song was popular on the radio, Oh My Soul by Casting Crowns. Have you ever heard of that band? What many don't know is the song was written out of a place of fear, struggle, because the songwriter had just learned that they had cancer. And so some of these words were penned based on that. If you've ever heard the background of the story, it brings the song more to light if the song's ever spoke to you. But it's a song inspired in another person's struggle based on the very text we're reading. I thought it'd be neat for us to take a minute, since this is our spiritual emphasis, to break our template a little bit, and let you hear Mark Hall's testimony of the song, Oh My Soul. Go ahead. The last couple of years um, haven't been the easiest for you. And I get emotional just thinking about it because I remember the day um, that you announced to the world that you were diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Um, these last couple of years have been different because here's big, strong youth pastor, now all of a sudden leaning on the strength of those around you. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was different. For me, being the youth pastor, I'm the guy that helps everybody else with their stuff. You know, I, I go visit you when you're sick. I go encourage you when you're in a hard time. And uh, suddenly it's me. I wasn't ready for that. I thought I was, but, uh, but I wasn't. And, and uh, when you hear a doctor say cancer, it's, it's a scary word. But then when it's being said to you, <laughs> you don't really even hear the word cancer. You just hear, hey, you're gonna die. Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of just what I heard when he said it. And, and, uh, and my doctor's a friend of mine. And uh, normally he uh, just calls me. Like he'll do a test and call me, hey, this is what you need to do, you know, this and this and this. And, or he'll text me or whatever. And uh, so normally it's text messages when I find out my instructions for how I need to deal with something. But that day uh, I was at a funeral right after my doctor's visit. And I'm at the funeral and he says, um, Mark, I need you to call me. And when I read that text, I was like, something's happening. This is about to happen. I remember walking out into the lobby and trying to call him and couldn't get through. And, and I went back in and I waited again and I went back out and called. So there was this little moment of about eight minutes that felt like about an hour, yeah. you know, as I'm waiting to get him on the phone. And, and he says, man, there, there's, uh, you know, they were just going in to check me out for reflux to figure out what my stomach issues were. And he said, man, there's a tumor in your kidney and it's about the size of your kidney. And, uh, and there's a good chance that could be cancer, and that that kidney's gonna have to come out. And uh, I'm I'm sitting in the sitting in the parking lot. It's like I'm talking about somebody else's life, you know. But it was me, so uh, it was it was definitely something to to try to get my head around. Oh my soul is a song on this new record that really is a story of how God walked you through this battle with cancer. 
Yeah, one of my favorite scriptures is where David says, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. And it, it's basically David talking to himself. And I identify with David in a lot of ways. He, he just, he, he was, you know, courage, but then he'd fall on his face and he was real about it. That's how he prayed. If he was mad, he prayed mad. If he was confused, he prayed confused. He didn't, he didn't add anything to it, just talked about life like it was when he was talking to God. And that's how I've always prayed. And in that moment in his life, he was talking to his own soul. He's like, what's your problem? Hey man, pull it together. You, you, you know what's true. You know God's got you. Why aren't you letting your feelings run away with you like this? Go back to what you know. You said all this stuff. You wrote all this stuff. You believed all this stuff. It's still real. Even though it's happening to you now, it's still real. And, and that struggle is, is what was going in my head because there were feelings going crazy. Um, but my feelings, as crazy as they got, they kept slamming up against something solid in me, and it was the roots of my faith. And there's a point where your feelings, the things that you feel and fear has to face the God that you know. And in a storm, you've gotta go with what you know more than what you feel. And I remember going into the office that night um, after everything was over, nobody was around, and going to the office is kinda where I go to be alone sometimes, and sitting down at the, the keyboard and the very first thing that came out of my mouth was, oh my soul, why are you weary? And that's where that song started. And uh, you hear in that song, the battle going on literally. At one point, you hear this conversation going back and forth. And I think that's where we all live. Can you share the chorus with us? The chorus of the song, to me, um, you know, a lot of times when a song is inspired by a moment, it'll evolve yeah. as you go but this one really didn't. It really is kind of what it was when it came out. And it's, oh my soul, you're not alone. There's a place where fear has to face the God you know. One more day, he'll make a way. You can lay this down, he'll show you how. And, and um, it, it's just knowing one day at a time, I can follow him through a dark place and he's gonna be on the other side of it.
If I were to ask, how is your soul? Is it weary? Is it downtrodden? Is it discouraged? Is it afraid? How is your soul? It's a question we're asking. It's a question we're pondering because that's what we want to talk about. And if you were to ask this question, how is your soul? Um, Would it be flourishing or would it be uh, withering? And and when your soul's withering and and you're a, a believer, it's difficult because you want others to think it's not. And, and even times when you're in, in the house of the Lord, you're going, yeah, I got to work on that. You know what? You're right. In my marriage, I got to work on that. And sometimes we try to fake like we're flourishing. And, and we even come up with ways to go, all right, I'll, I'll work on that area of my life. Yeah, we'll go like that conference or something like that. And then over here, you know what? I probably should. I probably do not listen to enough worship music. I'll work on that. And then, and then you hear another sermon. You this, And this is an exhausting life trying to fake like you're okay because people can see right through it. How you doing? Fine. People know when you're fine. And the fact is, you might be trying to look like you're flourishing, but inside, this is how you feel and it's affecting your worship, it's affecting your time with God, it's affecting your attitude, it's affecting your relationships, and all these branches, you're seeing them wither, and you try to jump to the different things, and that's what this world offers. It's got a book for this, it's got a book for this, it's got a book for this over here, but what if I told you if you just nourished the root, you would see it affect every single branch? Oh, I'd rather, I'd rather do one thing than a million things. Wouldn't that be relaxing, soul? But the problem is, is we're not nourishing the soul. I love the song. It says, let him show you how you can lay this down. Scripture shows us how to prevent that. And it's not from avoiding bad circumstances. It's not from making sure you don't get sick because these things are all out of your control. It's not based on whether people are nice to you or whether things go well. That's how the enemy works. Look at your circumstances. God's not good, I told you. But because God's good, he sent a son that conquer death so that we can have hope even though we're in a sin-cursed world where there is trouble. So what do I do when my soul is withering on the inside? Well, there's a few things you wanna stop doing and that is investing all of your day into things that don't nourish your soul. We have a discipleship ministry. We've based our discipleship ministry around the icon of a tree, talking about soul care. And you can get your plan together. You can say, I'll get up at five. You can say, I'll run. But you know that sometimes that has nothing to do with healing that soul up, that soul beat up inside. And in that discipleship ministry, we have a men's director, Jason Black, our ladies um, discipleship director we just brought on is Karen, and they've been meeting together. They've been talking about how our church can grow inside. And one of the illustrations they like to use is that y'all got 24 hours, or let's say $24. How do you steward that time? Because people are always saying, I don't got time, I'm just so busy. Okay, 
Let's get out some money. I got $24 here. Let's say you sleep for six, maybe. Let's say you're super healthy and conscious and you go seven. Um, Maybe you are everything social media wants to be and you do eight, okay, all right? So, So let's say you do eight, all right? Let's put eight down. And then, and then work, okay? I got a $10 bill, so we got eight hours. We've invested eight hours into sleeping. That's good. Our body needs to rest, no doubt about it. Let's say 10 hours for work, eight hours there, and an hour back and forth, plus a few stops at Wawa or something like that, okay? So there's $10, okay? All right, so I'm 15, 16, 17. I'm $18 in. Now, I've got some more dollars with my day, And so, let's do uh, one of them on Facebook. Oh, I would never check your screen time. You lie to yourself. (laughs) Check it. We all lie to ourselves. You got another hour just sitting on the couch talking about how hard the day was. (laughs) We got an hour of video games, right? Something like that. I mean, we still got time. Oh my word, we still have time to nourish the soul. Even in the busiest of days, my boss kept you an extra hour. You still got time to nourish and get eight hours of sleep. Could you possibly in a 24-hour day, I I want to get all condemning here, but we know there's apps we open way more than our Bible app. We know there's books we read far more than our word of God. We know we're not nourishing the soul. And we sit there and go, I don't know why I'm so sad. Yes, you do. You're not nourishing the root. And so when the storms of life come, the tree shakes. The tree passes back and forth. Could you give this week one dollar, one hour to soul care? To listening to worship music? To praying to God? to reading scripture, could you give them a dollar to hearing the word of God? Could you give them a dollar? Well, the answer is yes, you can, because you came this Sunday, so you got a dollar. (laughs) Could you give them a second dollar this week? Could he get a second dollar? Praise the Lord, you said this hour, this dollar is going to the Lord. But look at all these dollars we spend, and we spend it on too many things that are pointless to our overall wellness, which starts at the root. I want to be happy inside. I don't want to fake it. I got a scripture for you. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's great. In fact, it starts with blessed, which is the word that means happy. Blessed is the man. It's Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Let me act it out. Blessed is the man who walks, okay, walks, not in the counsel of the wicked. He does not follow worldly philosophies. Blessed is the man who does not follow worldly philosophies, nor stands in the way of sinners. He doesn't join folly. Folly brings consequences. He doesn't join that. Blessed is the man who doesn't follow folly. If you're following folly, you can expect the soul to be discouraged. If you are following philosophies, 
that are unbiblical, you can expect your soul to be discouraged. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. What does it mean? To agree with mockery. Yeah, I got problems with God. Yeah, God, where is God? It does, no, 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 blessed man doesn't do those things, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That is the way that the Hebrew writers, the psalmist expressed it, the word of God. But his delight is in the word of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. Now this doesn't mean like some sort of, okay? Meditate, the word can mean to mumble, are you ready, you ready? Based on the, the song or psalm we read this morning, it can mean to speak to oneself. It's not setting necessarily a time for devotions, but rather reflecting on the word of God that you know and repeating it to oneself. Oh my soul, why are you downcast within me? Hope in It's meditating on scripture. What, what, what happens? What happens to a life that does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers? What happens? But it's delight in the Lord. What happens? He is like a tree. Not like that one. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in seasons and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. I had a chance to speak at a, at a youth conference and I knew I was gonna be speaking outside and I thought, I gotta, I gotta have an illustration. Sometimes with our interns, we'll, we'll have some kind of exercises at times where we'll bring a prop in the room and, and like Pastor Gabe will go, Chris, do a Devo. I'm like, okay, maybe you're a speaker and you feel like you don't get enough attention and all you're doing is making the other person's voice heard, you know, and you just take a prop and go with it, right? Well, well, well I knew I was gonna be around trees, right? And, and, and so I thought, what does a tree say? What does it, when I look at one, now, now there's many times we don't stop and look at things, right? But I, and I thought, what is that like? And I started to come up with all these neat things that are a tree. And I find that important because scripture keeps constantly going back to a person who is nourishing on the things of God's word is like a tree. And so I shared this with them. I called it like a tree. Don't follow, join, or agree. And I said, watch, with trees, you're gonna see an image of this, a symbol of this, a source of this, a point of this, a place of this, a picture of this, all with trees. What an incredible object lesson. And part of the reason we've used it as our icon. It can be an image of splendor. If you've ever gone out and seen massive, tall, towering trees, they remind you how small you are and how massive they are. They're like a symbol of growth. Oftentimes when you're talking about growth and marketing or anything, it's a tree you go with. They're a symbol of growth. They're a source of life. We get fruit from trees and things to eat. They're a point of focus. Oftentimes you'll say, hey, you see that tree up ahead? I'll race you to it. Or you see that tree there? Turn left when you get to it. They can be a point of focus, especially to a hiker. They can be a place of protection, especially getting out of the heat and the hot sun. They can be a picture of incredible perseverance. Have you ever seen a tree growing from ragged areas like on cliffs and stuff? What a picture of perseverance in difficult environments. They can be a lesson in foundation when you ever look at the roots of a massive tree. They can be a reminder of 
perspective for some trees that are around your house were there before you were alive here on earth and will be here after you've gone. They've been here a long time, as well as an illustration of stability. Unless something gets in there and begins to eat at them, especially if they're an ash tree in your yard, and then all of a sudden they become dangerous for they're dead. Like a tree. I want to be like a tree. I want to be like a tree. I don't want to be withering, God. I want when difficult times come to be like a tree. I'm tired of feeling so weak and vulnerable and empty. I want to do something. I want to nourish my soul. I got good news. Jeremiah tells you something. He starts with what word? Blessed. Happy is the man who trusts in the Lord. It's Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. I remember it was my 2020 verse. I try to have a verse for each year. It was 2020. You can try to remember what 2020 was, and you'll see why it was my verse. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Ready? He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. Watch what this tree is like. This tree does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. I wrote down in the side of my Bible, in order to flourish, we need to nourish. In order to flourish, we need to nourish. Church, help me. Say it with me. In order to flourish, we need to, we got to. It's not a, mm, I should really think about it this year. We got to nourish the soul. It's longing for God. It wants to be around worship. It wants to hear worship music. It wants to hear the Bible. It wants to hear God's truth proclaimed. It's thirsty. It's panting for it. It wants to be like a tree. And God wants to nourish it. Scripture tells me that this is one of the reasons he sent his son. Because Jesus is an anchor for the soul. It needs to nourish. You got $24. What if you put a few more dollars of your day into content that will nourish the tree inside. You listen to five podcasts, pick one that will help the root. You listen to music, get something in you that will help at the root and watch how it impacts every branch that you've been trying to fake and see it begin to grow. We told you during this series, we'd like to give you some time for prayer. Very few of us take time for prayer. Even more so, it's very difficult sometimes for us to have time of corporate prayer. But over the last five or six minutes, what I'd like us to do is reflect and meditate or say to ourselves, Scripture, in prayer. 
oh, my soul is going to like this. And if you find your soul, child of God, likes this, give it some more this week. I've asked Spencer to come. He's going to play. Just kind of keep a nice, soft music in the room. And what I'm going to try to do is direct us in prayer. And so I'll be quiet for a little bit, and then I'll direct us to the next spot. For each one of us might be going through something very different. But if you got your paper Bible, got your phone, you got your app, your pad, you're listening online, whatever you got, go to Psalm 42. It'll be our prayer today. For many times, our prayer life is dictated by our simple template we always use. Dear God, dear Jesus, dear Heavenly Father, whatever you call him, help me to have a good day. We like to start there sometimes. Oh, I probably should pray for somebody else. And Lord, I was thinking about so-and-so. Oh, I should take time to worship God. And I wanted to worship you for this. And sometimes it's a really neat thing to shake up your prayer life, to walk up to your scriptures, grab the Bible, open up a psalm, and simply read it to him. Just read it to him. Just let him hear the word of God from your mouth and let it nourish your soul as it speaks to you. You open the Bible, you turn to Psalm 42, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul pants after you, God. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, you're in Psalm 63, you're praying, and you get to the end, you go, in Jesus' name, amen. I didn't even have to think through what I wanted to pray. There it is, God, I give it to you today. But during this time of prayer we have together, I want you to ask yourself a few questions. Am I thirsty to be close to God again? Am I thirsty to be close to God again? Am I being honest in my prayer life? I listen to this songwriter just pour out. Am I being honest or is there something I think I'm hiding from God when he knows me completely? Am I submitting my feelings to truth? Am I allowing disappointment to distress my faith? They ran up to Jesus right after Lazarus passed. And they said, if you would have been here, if you would have been here, as if to say, we're disappointed you didn't come. You saw your friend was dying and you spent a couple extra days. And what did Jesus say? Take me to the place. Maybe you've been struggling. You're a little disappointed with what God allowed. And he says to you today, take me to the place. I know where it is. It's that, God. It's grandma when I was 13. It's 24 at work. Take me to the place. Let's go. I know it's there. Am I allowing disappointment to distress my faith? Am I hoping in God or in something else? Church, would you take five or so minutes to pray along with me? Maybe you're like the song. You feel far away. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. If you're feeling far away today, let's take some time talking to God about that.
Maybe you're feeling like the songwriter when he said, I'm surrounded by harassment, God. You need to hear 1 Peter 3, 14, for even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you'll be blessed and do not fear intimidation and do not be troubled. Your soul needs to hear that even when you're surrounded by harassment. Maybe you're in a spot very similar to that. Let's take some time to talk to the Lord about that. like the songwriter and you feel um, you're missing better days. The, the bitterness and resentment of things that you've been complaining about or having lost that's bothering you inside is destroying what you have around you. Scripture says, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed, happy is the one who takes refuge in him. If you've been struggling and, and missing better days, maybe take a moment here to not remind God what you have lost. He already knows. But maybe to thank God for what you have. Let's take time in that. associate with the psalmist and you feel exhausted this morning with many trials. James reminds us, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he is approved, he will receive the crown of life. Faith speaks to the exhausted feelings. Persevere. Hope in God. Take a moment maybe to talk about those trials with your heavenly father. Let your soul share them take hope when perseverance is through that it will perfect your faith. finally maybe the reality is you've been struggling with some disappointment in God's plan for your life but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord he is like a tree planted by water take him to the place of disappointment he knows where it is 
tell your soul, hope in God. I had an incredible mentor in, in life that's gone on to be with the Lord. But when he was going through one of the most difficult days of his life, I heard another person ask him, how did your faith remain so strong? Even though God allowed that to happen. And his response stuck with me. He said, I had no plan B. Hope in God. There's nothing else that will satisfy the soul. Take some time to talk to the Lord. Psalm 42 says, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. the final word. Spencer, why don't we sing that one more time? Let us sing it with you. Let's do that again one more time. Let's sing it with him. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after you. You and my 
my God. And all God's people said, amen.